Welcome to the Hot Copy Podcast with your hosts, Belinda Weaver and Kate Toon. In each 20-minute episode, we'll be sharing the secrets of successful copywriters, including copywriting tips, shortcuts, writing resources, interviews, and laughs, all focused on helping you to become a better copywriter. I'm Belinda Weaver, and this is my regular co-host, Kate Toon. Now, in podcast four, we mentioned a few apps and tools we use during the client sign-up process. Today, we're going to be sharing more of our favorite copywriting apps and tools, the ones that help us be better copywriters and better business owners. Now, we had a few glitches with the sound this week, so I actually sound a little tinny, but stick with it. The content is great. Shall we dig in? Hi, it's Belinda here. Now, just before we get into the episode, I wanted to quite shamelessly plug my copywriting masterclass. You see, I run it but twice a year and the doors are open right now. I'll actually stop accepting enrollments at the end of August or when the class is full, whichever happens first. So if you want lifetime access to the techniques of crafting compelling copy and lots of hands-on coaching from me to accelerate your skills, go to copyrightmatters.com forward slash learn hyphen copywriting. All the details are there and you can secure your seat. Right, now let's really get into this episode. This podcast is our top 10 tools and apps and I'm going to start off with a specific writing app. Now, while I actually use Microsoft Word for a majority of my writing, like small copywriting projects and blogs and things like that, I actually use a tool called Scrivener for writing things like landing pages and course content. So Scrivener is a product of a company called Literature and Latte, which is a pretty cool name, I think, and it helps proper writers do their business. You know, I consider proper writers people who write fiction, non-fiction scripts and stuff like that. And Scrivener is a tool that is very much built around helping writers create those kind of writing products. I actually use it for long copy, like landing pages and my course content, because more often than not, when I'm writing those things, I actually move copy around quite a lot. So I write little individual sections and then I kind of decide the order later on. And Scrivener is great because it helps you create discrete units of writing that you can then move around. The other thing I really like is its research. You can actually put the re- your research in the same window, you never need to kind of hunt through bookmarks or try and remember that website that you read that thing on. Um, so, you know, those it's actually a really, really deeply functional product, but they're the two big things I really love it for. And, you know, it's about 40 US dollars to buy. So I think it's super affordable. Yeah. So that's my first one. Yeah, I actually downloaded uh, Scrivener and tried to use it for my for my novel writing, for my playwriting and stuff like that. But I found it incredibly hard to get my head around how to use it. Maybe I'm just stupid. Did you struggle at first with it or did you find it pretty easy? No, no, I didn't find it easy at all. So let's not stupid, not stupid. <laughs> Basically, I spent a few hours going through the tutorial and then until I kind of got to grips with how it worked and then I ignored the templates they have already created for like fiction and non-fiction and plays and I just created a blank template yeah I think I think I basically probably use about 10% of the functionality but I do find it really useful 
I think that's one of my big problems in life. I can never be bothered to go through tutorials. I just want to get stuck in and start using it, um, which is a big problem for me just in life that I kind of download software and start using it and then things break and I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to have to go watch this tutorial. Um, so, yeah, it's patience. So maybe I'll give it another try one day. Um, well, my number two tool that I'm going to recommend is actually not a tool as much. It's a couple of sites that I use a lot um and they probably sound pretty obvious but um I'll, I'll share them anyway um number one is www.thesaurus.com i don't need to say the www i know it's a bad habit but i'll just say it thesaurus.com and the other one is rhymezone.com um so you know when i'm writing uh, i often you know i'm looking for synonyms uh, not just for seo uh, purposes but to make my writing richer and often, you know, the first word that comes to mind, you know, might be a little bit fancy-wancy, you know, a little bit uh, overly complex. So I often use thesaurus.com to find a more plain English uh, version of what I'm trying to say. Um, and if I've noticed that I'm just using the same word again and again and again, then I might just, you know, quickly nip on there to find something a little bit different. I also love um, alliteration in, in headlines. So, you know, I like to repeat uh, sounds. Um, so, you know, I'll try and search for a word that starts with the right letter um, because it makes my headline sound a bit better. And the same with rhyme zone. Like, I, I think sort of, obviously you don't want your copy to rhyme, it's not a poem, but the odd occasional um, mid-sentence rhyme can really help um, copy flow and sound quite quite nice to the ear, especially when you're writing taglines or slogans. So again, just a couple of little sites that I sometimes call upon, you know, when I'm feeling a little bit out of ideas, a little bit like the swipe files that we talked about in a previous podcast. Those are tabs that I often have open when I'm writing that I can quickly refer to just to get a little bit of inspiration. I love the idea of writing. I've never heard of that. It's not, I mean, it's not amazing. It's got a really hideous interface, but, you know, uh, it's, especially when you're writing taglines or headlines, it can be fun to have a little bit of, you know, unaccented rhyme within those and just, you know, make it flow a little bit better. And I actually write a lot of poems for clients. I know that sounds crazy, but um, one of my clients asked me to write a series of, of greeting cards like a, for their clients, so like a Christmas card, a birthday card, a Valentine's Day card. And I had to write little rhymes to go inside them. So I used it a lot then as well. Well, there's that thing about repetition and rhyming, helping people understand concepts. So yeah. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, do, do. Well, my next app, number three, is the Hemingway app. And I think I, you use this as well, don't you, Kate? Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. I, I, I don't use it as much as I probably should, but I often recommend it to clients, especially if they're kind of, you know, trying to write a bit of copy on their own just to spot major issues, you know. Um, it's mm. one of those ones that I know is awesome and I keep forgetting to use, so um, it's, I should put me it in my Me too, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so for people who have never heard of it before, basically you put your copy into a, an edit window and it highlights where you can improve and it tells you how to improve your copy with suggestions like, you know, here are long complex sentences that are hard to read or very hard to read. Here are adverbs that you should consider removing. Here are long words that have a simpler alternative that you should use. And here are sections where you're using a passive voice. And the reason I love this app so much is it, I find editing sometimes a bit hard because every word you write is bold. Surely you can't cut that out. Um, and apps like this 
point you towards the sections that you need to focus on so it's much easier not to get bogged down in the in the task of editing and it's free i like that too yeah i don't know what it's got against adverbs it really hates adverbs i love a good advert um so i mean you, you have to use it with some degree of uh not scepticism, I'm not sure what the right word is. I'm sure Hemingway app could tell me, but you have to use, you know, take some of the comments with a pinch of salt because sometimes yeah, that long sentence works, but it's a great starting point. And also it's, 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 it's a good second spell checker because I often find that Microsoft Word doesn't spell check that great. And if you put it into Hemingway, often it will highlight your misspelled words as well. So it, it's good for that too. So a great little tool. Awesome. And as you said, free, 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 free. Um, I think you can actually download the desktop version for like five dollars. Yeah, maybe that's what we need to do. Yeah, we maybe that's what we need to do so that we remember to use the, the silly thing because I keep forgetting. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, my tool number four is called Slick Plan, um, and it's uh, it might not sound like it has anything to do with writing. It's a bit of an unusual name, but it's actually a site mapping software. So. What it allows you to do is very quickly and easily create drag and drop sitemaps uh, for websites. You know, so you can say, well, look, here's my homepage. And from my homepage, I'm going to have these five subpages about services, contact, whatever. And then you can mark out what pages are going to be underneath those pages. Um, and it's a really quick way, especially if you have a complicated site. I work on some very large websites. It's a really quick, fun, visual way of creating a sitemap that clients can easily understand. Um, it's often my starting point with clients. So I'll create a slick plan sitemap first and it will help them make decisions about, you know, whether they need certain pages, you know, because often clients tend to repeat content in various sections kind of missing the whole point of the internet. You can just click to that section from the section you're in, you know. Um, so, yeah, Slick Plan is great. It is a paid uh, software. And it's not a huge amount. I think it's something like $15 a month. Um, and I think they have um, a, a trial. Most of these have 30-day trials to get you started. Um, so useful if you are helping clients plan websites, doing, you know, some degree of information architecture. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Slick Plan. That sounds really useful. That wasn't something I did a lot, but I can see how that kind of tool would help. Yeah, I mean, I work with big, a lot of the kind of big governments, and I'm doing a big project with a giant hospital now, and they've got like, you know, 2,000 odd pages that they need to compress down into about 200. So it's a good wow. way to kind of make quick, you know, quick decisions about what can stay and what can go. Nice one. Mm. Well, number five is my favourite, favourite to-do list app. It's called Wonderlist. Now, I've actually used quite a number of to-do list managers. I'm a huge list maker. And very early on running a business, I realised that I could just keep having paper lists. That works for some people, but I like lists that can synchronise across all my devices. <laughs> so I use Wonderlist and it's W-N-D-E-R-L-I-S-T. And I think it's great for anyone who likes simple list making because you can drag and drop tasks and you can move them around and you can create individual lists and you can move them between which days they're due. And, you know, I'll create individual lists for things like my marketing or specific projects or my coursework or account keeping. So I find it a really simple way to organise and keep track of the things I have to do each day. The thing with all these kind of to-do list apps, and there's quite a few, is not to assign yourself 50 tasks to do today. 
because I think if you keep giving everything an F David today, you finish every day feeling like a failure because you have finished the 50 million things you assigned yourself to do. So it doesn't really matter how great the functionality is, you've got to know how to use these kind of apps in your favour. Do you use a to-do app or do you have um, your project management tool? Um, I did. I have tried lots of uh, apps before. There's another one called To Do, T-E-U. Oh, I love that one, yeah. But like you, what I found was that, you know, I would kind of pile in lots and lots of to-dos in there and spend all my time moving them around. And I don't know, for me personally, I find nothing more satisfying than writing, uh, handwriting a to-do list than hand-crossing things off. Um, I think I probably would get some value because like you, I have multiple projects going and it would be good to have separate to-do lists for each of those. But at the moment, I have like four different pads and I'm writing different things on different pads. Um, So yeah, I've tried to-do lists, but they don't really work for me. But um, my tool number six is uh, is kind of a project management tool. It's called Basecamp. Um, and what I do is I keep all my client to-dos in there. Um, so uh, it, Basecamp is a it's kind of a project management software. Some I come from a project management background, so it doesn't have Gantt charts or or you know um, drag and drop you know timers and things like that. But it does allow you to create distinct projects. Um, to assign to-dos to different people within the project, to upload and share documents, uh, so you don't have to email each other back and forth. Um, You can have files living within there, text files, you can have discussions, um, and and it has a calendar function, so you can see everything you have to do on that particular day. Um, It's made a big difference to me in managing projects, because sometimes I'll have up to 15 or 16 projects on the go at any one time, um, and, and that's been really useful. It also keeps my inbox a bit cleaner. Um, you can set to get notifications when things happen in Basecamp, but you can also limit those to come daily or, or weekly. Um, but yeah, I just, and I, I'll really find for me, it helps me stick to my processes uh, because you can set up templated projects with the same tasks again and again. And obviously, if you're writing copy, then you do go through the same process again and again. Um, yeah, and we you know we talked previously about setting client expectation. So you know when a client logs into Basecamp and they can see all the tasks laid out, all the dates, and who's doing what, and all the documents are there. It, it makes it clear to them that you're in control and that they can maybe relax and let you manage the project, which makes everybody's life easier. So yeah, big fan of Basecamp. Again, it is paid. Um, I'm terrible. I can't remember how much I pay. It, it's not insubstantial. I do think it's about $50 a month. Um, so, you know, maybe not something if you're starting out, but if you are managing a lot of different projects um, for clients, I highly recommend it. Yeah, because, I mean, with both these kind of apps, what we're talking about is time management and task management. And people starting out or people who are really ex- experienced, um, you just have to find a way that works for you. Otherwise, you just you lie awake at 2 a.m. juggling all these tasks and deadlines in your head and it's not fair on yourself yeah totally yeah so what I tend to do is use base camp for projects and a pad and pen for my own personal bits and bobs oh cool mm-hmm. well another thing we mentioned in podcast four which is when you first mentioned base camp was capsule crm which is my number seven favorite app and um Capsule CRM is a customer relationship manager. That's what CRM stands for. And as you might guess, it's an app that helps you manage your customer relationships. So 
what does that mean? That means recording client details, uh, recording contact with clients like conversations, emails, stuff like that, recording prospective sales and actual sales. And I think it actually does a little bit more, but they're the key things that a CRM will help you do. And, you know, I love CR, I love capsule CRM because all the fields, like it's a really small detail, but all the fields that you actually can fill out makes sense. Like they've got all the social media sites on there and stuff and you can see people's last social media updates. And that's just uh, an app that is keeping with the times. It's not an archaic, old, unwieldy app. Um, I love the integration it has with other tools. So it integrates with your email which means that it automatically assigns client client emails to that client record. And it links with email marketing tools. So you can pull in contact details from your CRM straight into tools like MailChimp and do things like an email campaign to all your current customers or all the customers you've talked to in the last month and stuff like that. It also links up with accounting tools like Xero, which is something we talked about in, in podcast four. So when you open up a client, you can see the last conversation you had, their last social media update, um, their any outstanding invoices and, um, you know, the last emails you exchanged and that kind of instant view just before you jump on the phone or just before you contact them. I always found that super duper useful and um, it's free for 250 contacts, so 250 people and then it bumps up to a whopping $12 a month for one user and all that integration. So, you know, I find that I tried a few CRM tools and I find Capsule CRM just the best. Wow, you've totally sold me on that. Are you getting <laughs> paid by them to, to promote I it? Well, should I be. should take out an affiliate program. You should, totally. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging up this call and I'm going to go and sign up to that. That sounds awesome. And, you know, I think I've been sort of fiddling around with spreadsheets and all sorts to try and kind of track that extraneous stuff so I'm tracking finance in zero tracking project stuff in base camp but then I'm cutting and pasting into MailChimp and I'm keeping a little spreadsheet where I remember things so that sounds brilliant I'm going to check that one out so that's mm. a good tip so my number eight uh, tool is called Omnigaffle and it's a funny old name and I won't spell it because if you head over to our podcast page we've included links to all these tools on there for you so you can check them out but OmniGaffle is kind of it's a wireframing tool so it calls itself a diagramming wireframing drawing tool um, but unlike things like Canva or PicMonkey that help you create graphics for your website OmniGaffle is really more about creating interface design so wireframes for websites is how I use it um, so what it often helps is it's the step between you've, you've written your copy um, and you're, you want to send it to the designer, but you want the designer to lay out the way that you envisioned it. You know, so maybe you wanted a big headline and then you wanted three boxes and then you wanted something sliding or whatever. Well, then you can create something in OmniGraffle that's just a, you know, a simple wire outline drawing of the web page. It's not a design, um, although it does allow you to put in photographs and logos and change fonts and colors. Um, it's not meant to be a design, it's meant to inform the designer of the kind of priority of content and the prominence of content and the position of content, free peas. Um, So yeah, I find it really useful. And I mean, the truth is you really can create almost like quite a real looking web page out of it. Um, Some designers hate wireframes because they feel that it restricts what they're trying to do and that that should be their area of expertise. 
Um, and obviously, if you're using something like WordPress, which has comes with its own templates, then maybe you don't need to wireframe because you're kind of looking at an existing template and writing your copy for that template. But again, a lot of my clients, you know, they're big, big corporations. There's a lot of money invested. So working up a wireframe maybe takes a couple of hours and you can make a lot of decisions on that. You can pass it around the business. You can move modules around really easily, much easier than you can a Photoshop design or a coded page. So it's a cheaper way of making content decisions um, up front. Again, it's not a cheap tool. Um, you can get a 14-day trial. Um, and the standard package is just a one-off fee of, of $100, uh, $99. Um, so yeah, you know, it's one of those things you're going to buy if you're going to, if you think you're going to do a lot of it. Um, um, so yeah, uh, OmniGraffle is my next tool. That's a cool name. That's a very cool name for a tool. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> my next tool, I'm not sure is quite as cool, but it's a uh, number nine and that's Camtasia. And it's basically a screen capturing and video and auditing editing tool. Um, I... I always find doing videos quite intimidating and it's only until just recently in my masterclass course that I started doing face-to-camera videos. I've always just run the other way. Um, and when you run the other way, you can still create awesome video content if you just capture your screen. So I might run through a PowerPoint presentation and just do audio capture with myself speaking or do screen capture and do myself doing a demonstration and just have me talking over it. And I think that's a really easy way if you don't like doing face-to-camera videos of still creating awesome video content. And it's super easy to use and you can actually do really professional video and audio, um, and audio editing. Um, so that's it's actually even more expensive than some of the tools we've been talking about. It's actually $99 for a Mac. And I've recently had to well, I've recently upgraded to a PC and the price went up to $299, which is extraordinarily expensive, but I use it so much. Is that, that, a, is that a one-off it. fee or a monthly fee? No, it's a one-off oh, okay. fee. That's not so yeah, bad. but I know there are different tools that kind of that do the same thing. So if you want to create video content, and I think if you consider yourself a content marketer, which all business owners should do, especially copywriters, um, if you want to create video content but you don't really want to do face-to-camera stuff, doing screen capture videos is a really great way to create awesome video content. Yeah, I use um, a similar tool called ScreenFlow, um, which does it pretty much sounds like it does the same thing, but it's, it's an equal price. So I think they're probably much of a muchness. Um, but we'll put a link to both of those um, on the podcast page so you can check them both out. Um, okay, last tool, number 10 tool. And I mean, this is, it's not just for copywriters, it's for everybody. This tool app has saved my life. It's called LastPass or LastPass. How would you say it, Australian lady? I'd say LastPass. LastPass. Okay. Um, well, you're American there as well, so LastPass. Um, but it's great. Basically, it's a secure password storage thing. So you just have one um, master password and login, which you can never forget. <laughs> um, and then what it does is every time you um, log into a platform or a piece of software or a site, um, it, you can choose to save the login information into your LastPass account. You can also save your credit card details into there, your address, 
And then whenever you come to a form, you can auto fill all the form um, and you can put as little or as much as information as you want. So maybe you could put partial partial credit card information, but maybe not your, you know, um, expiry date or something if you felt a bit unnerving, unnerved about it. But it's, you know, super secure. Um, I've never had any issues with it and it saves me so much time. I never have to remember a password for anything because LastPass does it for me. And again, you know, all the tools we're talking about today, you know, you can do a lot of these things yourself using Excel or, you know, making your own to-do lists or, you know, using projects for project management. But all these tools are time savers. And one of the things I used to spend so much time doing is trying to remember passwords. And now I'm free from doing that. Do you use LastPass, Belinda? No, I don't, but I've heard you talk about it and, you know, every now and then I think about using something like LastPass because I, f- I tend to think about it when I'm on that third password go. <laughs> yeah, like, You've got to get this right now. You've got to get this right because I actually I, I have quite a limited number of passwords, but I have different variations of those passwords yeah. depending on how secure the site is so I have like a, a kind of easier version and then all the way up to my banking password yeah but you know it's not always easy to remember which level of security because you know I, I find like the LinkedIn password I had to make incredibly secure after they got hacked and and Dropbox and as things get kind of hacked your cloud-based tools inevitably you have to up the security so you have to change the password it's it's attacks on my poor grade yeah it's great and the other thing that LastPass can do is it will instead of you making one up you know like the name of your dog with a exclamation mark and an ampersand 23 or whatever you can just press a button I can't speak press a button and it will auto generate like a super crazy digit number character uh, password which you know probably you would never remember yourself but you don't need to because LastPass remembers it for you it does feel like it is unnerving handing that level of information over to an app, you know, because, you know, we're also worried about security and, and things like that. But to be honest, I'm like you. I have like one or two generic passwords that I use everywhere. And if somebody I previously used to do this, so if somebody got one, they could have pretty much accessed everything I've ever logged into. So, you know, whatever works for you. But I've never had any problems with LastPass and it really does save me so much time. Mm. I think well I think that's a great list that we've put together I mean whether whether you're just starting out as a copywriter or you're a bit further along in your career and you're building your business we've got a whole lot of tools that will just make your days easier and help you offer better customer service yeah I'm definitely going to check out a few of the ones you've recommended because you know they sound awesome Oh, I think they are. That's why they're on the list. (laughs) (laughs) All right, whatever. (laughs) So I think that's it for this podcast. Thanks for sharing your top tools, Kate. That's all right, Belinda. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, don't forget to leave us a rating and review on iTunes and Stitcher. Your review will help other copywriters find us. You can also head to hotcopypodcast.com and leave your comments on the blog post for this episode. Until next time, happy writing.